Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So we just saw the uh, breaking news here that uh, our pal Steve Crump passed away. Uh, He had been fighting cancer for much longer than anybody anticipated he would be able to fight it for. Um, He went into hospice. We were... uh, we were told he was in hospice yesterday, and uh, just before 12 o'clock, we learned that he has uh, succumbed to uh, to the cancer. He was born in 1957. Um, he's uh, down the hall here at WBTV, and I've, I've known Steve for 20-plus years. Uh, he's one of the first people, actually, I saw when I came back to Charlotte. Uh, he was walking the halls, and he had been doing a lot less of a load, um, working by the time I came back. But when I first started as a young cub reporter, you know, he was one of the, uh, one of the guys in the reporter core here in Charlotte that, uh, you know, he's always at the, the the government meetings for big stories. He was always working on documentaries. And at the time there was a, uh, there was a story or sorry, there was a show, um, Final Edition is what it was called, and it was on the local public access channel, if I recall correctly. Or no, uh, it may have been PBS, too. I forget. Maybe it was the, maybe it was the, I think it was. It was the local PBS station. There were a lot more PBS TV stations 20 years ago in Charlotte. There were a couple of them, if I recall correctly. Anyway, it was the local one, and um, it was a reporter roundtable. And so Steve and I would usually end up being there together. He would fill in host for Jerry Hancock on occasion. And uh, he was just, he was a fixture in uh, the Charlotte reporting world and um, just a really nice guy. He won so many awards, Emmy Awards, um, Gabriel Award, National Headliner Award, um, First place honors more than a dozen of them with the National Association of Black Journalists for his not just his beat reporting and his enterprise reporting as uh, as a reporter as a journalist at WBTV, but also uh, for his documentaries. He did so many of them, uh, historical documentaries, uh, usually revolving around you know the civil rights era and these icons. He did all of these interviews with these civil rights icons over the years. He started his career in 1980, if I recall correctly. He was out of, um, I think he's out of Kentucky. Um, and so, but he had great pipes. His voice was, he had this, you know, broadcaster's voice. And um, he quickly ended up on uh, on television. And uh, then he came to Charlotte and he's he was here for, what, 30 years? So uh, our condolences, prayers for comfort to his family, to his friends, to all of his colleagues, and um, yeah, it's just it's a sign that you know, we're we're all getting old, and uh, we'll miss him. Steve Crump from WBTV News. Um, 
a reminder also that uh, all September long is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. And so uh, if you would like to come down tomorrow, we've got the kickoff with the One Blood Big Red Bus. It's going to be down uh, at the Ph.D. Weight Loss and Nutrition uh, uh, their their clinic, their shop down in Carmel Commons. And so if you would like to come on down there, I'll be down there broadcasting from noon to 3. So if you would like to come on down, donate some blood, help some kids fighting cancer, that would be fantastic. We would uh, really appreciate that. Go to WBT.com to register your appointment uh, and get all of the details. That's WBT.com. All righty, so um, up, at, uh, up at Chapel Hill at UNC, Unfortunately, this is one of the things that occurs now. It's part of a script, it seems like, after every one of these types of, well, I shouldn't say after every one of these types of shootings, after certain types of shootings, we end up with this this theatrical exploitation that occurs. And it's uh, it's a cheap, it, it is, it's, it's a, it's a cheap demonstration. The uh, the comments, the speeches, they're not particularly innovative or new. There's 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 nothing other than this uh, emotionalism and false dichotomy and demagoguery. And and yesterday was no different up at Chapel Hill, where they brought in David Hogg, the guy from the Parkland school shooting, who's now at Harvard University, parlayed, you know, mediocre grades, but uh, a public profile into landing a, a spot at Harvard. And so now he does the whole March for Our Lives uh, campaigns. He goes around to anywhere where there's a, a shooting and he uses the tragedy in order to politic for uh, Democrats and for gun confiscation, because that's what we're talking about. You read the people, and I've been reading them for the last 24 hours. Well, actually, longer than that. I've been reading them for years. But over the last 24, 48 hours, having different discussions with these uh, activist types, Democrats, uh, there are some people in the media as well. And what it always comes down to when when you can finally pin them down to a position, they use all sorts of uh, euphemisms. But what it always comes down to is is taking guns up, taking them away. And I would just humbly request that if you are of that opinion, that you put forward, first and foremost, you put forward a mechanism, a plan of some kind to get the guns from the prohibited purchasers and criminals first. That's all. It's sort of like the climate change issue where I see all of these young people and we're supposed to listen to them because they know everything. Oh, and I was young once too. And I, I knew everything back then as well as most young people feel like they do, but we need to listen to them. Okay. Well, I'm listening. What is it that you want to do with climate change? Okay. You want to what overhaul the entire economy and make energy production way more costly and, um, and reduce people's standard of living. Meanwhile, not addressing India, China, that sort of thing. But all I ask on the climate change thing is this first, is how about you solve recycling first? How about that? Right? How about solving recycling first? 
Figure that one out. That seems like a much, I don't know, more manageable task, you know? Just like with gun control, if you want to take up all of the 300, 400 million firearms in America, you want to do that too? Okay, well, how about you start with the people that use them to commit violence? I am all for, if you want to increase penalties, you use a gun in the commission of any kind of a crime, if you got a gun with you, much harsher penalties. How about that? Is that something we could all agree on? Can we do that? No? Why? And if you are interested in in solving the problem, people on the right have some, uh, we've got some solutions for this. We've promoted them. But it always seems like when the screeching begins that we have to do something. Whenever the right offers up a something to do, it's always not that something. Why is that? Well, it's because the purpose of the emotional play is to get us to agree with a particular policy proposal, which is to confiscate weaponry. That's what that's what the goal is. And they may start with certain types of guns first. You notice there's not a lot of talk about the AR-15 platform right now. You know why? Because the murder that was committed up at UNC Chapel Hill was committed with a handgun. As I understand it, The individual did not have a concealed carry permit, yet concealed and carried. They they broke the law in order to commit a crime. As criminals tend to do, as murderers are known to do, they break the law. So I've got a piece of audio that will definitely not be used to play all the media's favorite game, at least as it pertains to Republicans, the defend or disavow game. And it came out of this rally that was held about, I think, the crowd estimates like 600 people or something that was at the uh, that were at the uh, the rally up at Chapel Hill. And it became a very Wellstone like memorial service. It, it, it really did. It it echoed the Wellstone memorial service to me. But of course, I'm old enough to remember that one. Using a tragedy in order to get out the vote for Democrats. That's what occurred. That's not how it will be described. It's not how it was framed. And even if it's uh, recognized as that by reporters, it's okay. Because the ends justify the means. They're okay with this. It's not at all ghoulish to use a victim of a murder in order to advance a political agenda. It's totally fine. When it's a certain political agenda. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. The Associated Press reporting yesterday, quote, a shooting that left a faculty member dead and frightened students at the University of Chapel Hill 
or University of North Carolina, rather, at Chapel Hill, has galvanized gun safety advocates and local Democrats who rallied the grieving campus community Wednesday to fight for stricter state gun laws. That is definitely one way to say it. Another way to say it is that they used a murder for partisan political gain. They exploited a man's murder. Knowing really nothing about the case, right? They, we, don't have, we don't have details about why this murder occurred. It was not a mass shooting, although people who were hiding in their classrooms for three to four hours, they did not know that while they were hiding. Right? This is the, this is the official response plan, right? This is what you're supposed to do. Run, hide, fight, right? Um, people on the right have a different idea about what the response should be and how to uh, go about preventing these types of mass shootings or murders that occur in gun-free zones. But the left doesn't care to hear those ideas. Now, it's one thing to go out there and hold a vigil and show support Offer up your thoughts and prayers, which the left apparently rejects nowadays. That's one of the other weird kind of emotional manifestations that I've noticed over the last few years. They now reject anybody that says, you know, we offer up our prayers. We offer up thoughts, you know, for the victims and their families and all that. And they, they're like, shut up. We don't want that from you. And they ascribe blame to everybody that doesn't agree with their preferred policy prescriptions right they assume that and i was accused of this a couple times yesterday of wanting people to die or being happy that people have died because that's what i have to want obviously if i disagree with them that's the false dichotomy it's a false choice it's a it's a dishonest bad faith way to argue and that's all this argument now has become that's all it is There isn't any nuance left. There isn't any kind of exploration for common ground. Nothing. And we saw it yesterday on the campus of UNC. And it was celebrated by this, you know, several news organizations. And, because I don't call it a news organization, this leftist-funded Cardinal and Pine outlet. One uh, One of the, quote, journalists that works over there, guy by the name of Billy Ball, who, I, if I recall correctly, came out of the, uh, the Blueprint NC shop and all of the constellation of leftist organizations like Budget and Tax Center and Progress NC. And I think all of those, the, uh, yeah, all of those types of organizations, I think he used to work over there. Um, and so what, what the left has done is they've set up news operations all over the country, a couple of them in uh, the Carolinas, And this is one here, Cardinal and Pine. And all they do is churn out propaganda disguised as news, which, I mean, yeah, in that regard, it's really not different than most news organizations, I guess, nowadays. But um, they celebrated comments from the North Carolina Democratic Party chair who took a break from her sippy cup to uh, essentially engage in some stochastic terrorism. Remember that term? Oh, yeah, that was a big buzzword for a little while, accusing people on the right of engaging in stochastic terrorism. In other words, saying things that the left doesn't like, and then the left would attach your comments to whatever 
crimes or attacks or bad behavior that they choose to and say you're to blame for this other person's behavior, even though they may never even heard what you said. Stochastic terrorism. She called for an attack on North Carolina lawmakers who are Republicans. And I'm just wondering if anybody in the media is going to play defend or disavow with her on that or any of the other Democrat lawmakers. What, what, what do they think about these comments? All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educated and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? About 600 students held protest signs on a large lawn in the heart of UNC Chapel Hill's campus and bowed their heads during a moment of silence as the iconic campus bell tower rang in honor of the deceased associate professor, Gigi Yen. Yen, who led a research group in the Department of Applied Physical Sciences, was fatally shot Monday by one of his own grad students inside a science lab at the state's flagship public university. The murderer, uh, 34 years old. Also from... China. Don't know his legal status. Don't know whether he was allowed to own a gun. He appears, uh, it appears maybe not. Either way, doesn't seem like he had a concealed carry permit. But I'm willing to wait for more information to come out. But right now, we're getting treated to what we usually get treated to after any of these types of uh, shootings is this, this performative politicking. This emotional blackmail, this demagoguery. Here is the head of the North Carolina Democratic Party, 25-year-old Anderson Clayton, on the steps, standing in front of David Hogg, he of the March for Our Lives campaign, who I guess you know flew into uh, North Carolina to get out the vote for Democrats, I assume. Um, and so here is Anderson Clayton, screaming to this crowd of some 600 students about how there needs to be a reckoning for state lawmakers. And instead of fixing problems like the one we're seeing on UNC's campus and in Jacksonville right now, they are sitting there and persecuting our citizens by trying to say the LGBTQ community shouldn't exist on this campus. That's not okay. What? And I know that all of you are hurting, and I'm hurting with you, and this party grieves with you because no one should have died on this campus on Monday. But there has to be a reckoning in our state capitol right now, y'all. By the way, when she says y'all, that's part of that rural outreach that uh, she's been touting. That's how she's going to get back the rural voters. Because she, she, she says y'all like that. Because the Republicans need to know that we are coming for them, just like 
Listen to them when they tell you who they are. What is she talking about? She's talking about all of the people coming for them in their lunchrooms, in the classrooms, on the campuses. Right? She's talking about people coming to murder them. And so the Republicans need to know that we're coming for them in the same way. That's what she said. There isn't any other way to interpret this. I've thought about it. I'm not sure you can kind of get there unless, uh, well, maybe if you engage in some sort of Olympian level mental gymnastics, maybe you're going to have to contort yourself into, into quite the knot in order to get there, I guess. But this is what she's talking about, that they're coming for the Republicans in the state law, in the state uh, legislature. Also, it's kind of annoying. I don't like being yelled at like this, but maybe some people do. I don't know. I, I don't I don't particularly enjoy getting screamed at like this by a 25-year-old kid, but um, but uh, again, maybe these students on campus do. That shouldn't be your reality or anyone else's in the state of North Carolina right now, and it is. We are all deathly afraid to walk into churches and libraries and movie theaters and everywhere else because of the inaction that is taking place in our state capitol right now. Okay, so she is deathly afraid to walk into a church. Okay, well, let's. Okay, I can see that for a couple different reasons, but let, all right, let, we'll do a different uh, location. Right? Where, where else did she say she was deathly afraid to walk into? On our campuses, in our classrooms, in our lunchrooms, and everywhere else in between. That shouldn't be your reality or anyone else's in the state of North Carolina right now. By the way, uh, just a, a quick pause here. This, uh, this safetyism as almost a, a religious ideology. It's going to get a lot of people killed. Uh, but the, the, this idea that you shall be protected from all harm in all circumstances, all the time, everywhere for your whole life, where does this come from? Where does that come from? I mean, I hate to do this, you know, kids today thing. <laughs> uh and look, I, I've said this for years, too. There are a lot of people that are like, oh, I remember back in my day, you could walk down the street in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock, and never have to worry, or you could leave your car doors open. Like, I'm not aware of any time where walking down the street at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning was a completely safe thing to do, right? But I, but I don't know. Maybe I just have a different outlook on life and people than others do. I don't know. But, uh, you know, to, to quote the philosopher Billy Joel, the good old days weren't always good, you know? People tend to look back and they have this nostalgia for, oh, how awesome everything used to be. And uh, no, they, they, they weren't. I mean, th- remember that whole, the whole serial killer thing that went on for like the whole like, second half of the 70s? I mean, that's kind of terrifying, right? All right, let me get back to this last bit of her audio. And it is. We are all deathly afraid to walk into churches and libraries and movie theaters and everywhere else. All right, so libraries, movie theaters, but just in case she left anything out, everywhere else. Okay, so she's just so she's saying that all of the kids are deathly afraid to walk anywhere, to, to go anywhere. Do you realize how rare it is to be the victim of a gun homicide like this or a mass shooting? Do you know how rare it is? You would not know if you only looked at the media, right? You would have, you would have, there's no context there. They never give you these numbers. They never talk about how rare it is to 
die in a mass shooting. And what did I say? The day of this shooting, or the day after, I guess it was the day after, that you are usually, no, it was that day, right, because they had released the guy's photo, and I said, this looks like a student ID, and I said, homicides, violent crimes, you are usually the victim at the hands of somebody you know. And that's what happened here, too. I'm not justifying it, of course not. The guy's a criminal, throw the book at him. I want to know all the details, too, as to what motivated uh, uh, the attack. But he was known to his victim, and that is usually the case. That's usually the case. But, you know, we got some political points to score here, so screw that. Let's threaten some lawmakers. Yeah. Uh, Let me go over here. Hello, Emery. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? I'm sorry. My phone's echoing. Um, apparently that girl has not been to NC State. She's safe to go in those buildings. All the students are in those buildings having sex. That's true. They got the kits that taught them how to do it and where to do it exactly. and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have a good day. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, the uh, the wolf pack. Uh, what, did, what did Garrison call them? The orgy packs? <laughs> yeah. Um. Back to the AP story. With quaking hands and trembling voices, students chanted the victim's name and raised signs that read, Learning, not lockdowns. And this is my reality. Is this the new iteration of my truth? Has this morphed? See, this is where that app would have come in handy, right? The my truth now becomes my reality, which that might not be reality at all, you know? Um... One death, here's another sign, one death by guns is one too many. One death by guns is one too many. What if it's a a serial killer rapist? What if it's Hitler? Right? Didn't Hitler shoot himself? Is that, was that one death by gun too many? Is that too many? Was that too many? I know, but I, I, I highlight the absurd by being absurd, right? That's, that's, the, that's a Limboism, and it works. As a debate tactic, it works because it forces you to test the limits of your theories, of your stupid slogans. They waved copies of the Daily Tar Heel, the UNC student newspaper, that hotbed of conservatism, it went viral. Oh, my gosh. This was another thing. Ugh. Like, the level of, I don't even, I guess, fangirling over this thing, over this paper, and the, the, the front page. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Squee! The president's looking at our paper. And then you get all of the, the UNC alum, the journalism school alum. You get all of the, uh, the students, all of the alum. Not even just, you know, out of the journalism school, but like and you get media people and they're all like retweeting this. What a really meaningful front page. So the front page of the student paper was just a, like this wall of text of text messages that parents and loved ones were sending to their kids and their kids were sending to their parents. And it's just this big wall of text. I mean, it's bigger font, but it's a big wall of text. And then the president, of course, 
you know, they, t- they take a picture over the president's shoulder. He's got his phone and he's got the thing pulled up. And oh, my gosh, he's looking at our newspaper. The president is looking at our newspaper. But it's not about you, right? So we're not making it about you. No, no. March for Our Lives co-founder David Hogg, who launched the nationwide gun control movement in the immediate aftermath. Wait, did he launch the gun control movement? After the Parkland, Florida shooting, he hugged teary-eyed students, several who he had met previously. He urged them to take their pain and anger to the ballot box. The reality is if we don't mobilize after these things happen, they're going to continue happening, he said in an interview with the Associated Press. This is a critical state because this is where change is possible, a lot more than in Washington. If students at UNC and elsewhere turned out and voted, they could change the state legislature. Well, not if they're all registered at Chapel Hill. That's already going Democrat, right? Are you thinking that they're still registered in state in different places? Is that the idea that they're not that they don't legally reside and therefore can vote in Chapel Hill? Is that what you're saying? Hogg criticized North Carolina Republicans over the repeal of the pistol purchase permit system. That's what they're trying to tie this to. They have no idea how this individual that how, how this murderer got the gun. They don't have any idea. But they've already connected this to the repeal of the pistol purchase permit. Because they, they think that there's no background check for somebody when they buy a gun. They think that there's that you can walk into any gun show and just buy a gun from anybody there. Any of the vendors or anything. And it's just not the case. Now, like, oh, but you can go in there and find somebody who's selling a gun. Okay, so now you're talking about somebody who's engaging in what's called a private sale. What is to stop me from selling a gun to you without anybody knowing that I sold the gun to you? What's to stop that from happening? I own the gun. I bought it legally. And you come up to me and you're like, Pete, I want to buy that gun. And I sell it to you. What's to stop me? The only thing that stops me from selling that gun, if I want to, is if I don't have the gun. That's it. That's it. That's the only, if I don't have the firearm, I can't sell it to you. And so that's their answer. Don't allow me to have the gun. That's the point. Because there's no law that's going to stop me if I want to sell you the gun. Illegally, you may be a prohibited purchaser. But if I want to sell it to you and I want to break the law and I want to hand it off to a criminal, I can do so. There isn't anything stopping me except running afoul of a law if I get caught. And the only way I get caught is if you get caught. Or you lose that gun someplace. Or you sell it to somebody else, right? That's what I mean. When you start asking them these questions about what laws they want to see, it's like punching smoke. (laughs) 